Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a sci-fi horror role-playing game based upon the writings of H.P. Lovecraft. Your investigators of the unknown are... Brian as Jack Williams. Does anybody have a neck brace? Gabe as Roy McDonough. If I die, 10,000 more will rise up in my stead. And Matt as Rocky Whiteside. (laughs) Oh, at least he finished. You're from Finland? Nice. How's the hiking and boating and camping out that way? He has sack lunches in the hall. (laughs) And watching TV. All right, welcome players. How is everybody this fine, happy hump day? Time has never meant anything to anyone. Anyone. Besides, the Lovecraft tapes is timeless. Yeah, we never put in a bunch of things that date the episodes. Well, listeners, if you would like to provide feedback or praise or just say hi, drop us a letter from beyond on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes or join our Discord server at discord.lovecrafttapes.com and drop us a little note so we can read on the air and answer questions and, and just tell us how awesome we are. Lie to us. So we have one letter from beyond today. This is from Alpha Zero on Twitter. Who says, been listening to Lovecraft tapes while it's slow at work. Great listen, and I've had moments where I've had to bite my tongue from laughing out loud at work. Keep up the good works, guys. Need a good laugh or two with the state of the world right now. That is true. That's what we're here for. That's the only reason we're here. We were anticipating this for years. We've been monitoring you all this time, and if you stop laughing, we're going to quit. And if you need ointment for your tongue, just hit me up. Oh, that's not ointment. He's biting his tongue. Come on, guys. We got to keep him healthy. Get him some moist ointment for his tongue. Just wash your hands on your tongue. (laughs) Happy (laughs) birthday. I did want to mention uh, quickly that uh, the virtual horror con that we participated in uh, a couple weekends ago did end up raising over $7,300. So I was going to say, anything you can do to help. Send it to me and I'll reinvest it into the coronavirus. Into the coronavirus? (laughs) into it i'm putting 20 on the coronavirus all right this show is brought to you guys in part by our generous fans and supporters on patreon.com slash lovecraft tapes so we're going to give those folks a quick shout out here we would like to thank from the top on up zachary harley zach good to hear from you again buddy absolutely arissa Jody Rose, Snecromancer, Jeff Berry, Madeline Turnipseed, Kyle Sherman, Elizabeth Grieve, Chris Barker, Jefferson Bell, Brittany Davis, Olda Polkert, Snow, Oliver Steinus Gunderson, Phil Dickinson, Dom Driver, Frank Delmenthal, Jeremy Griffith, John May, Daniel Caprone, Shasuro Ajo, Daniel Hissey, Robert Jameson, David Winterman, Eric Zane, Mitch L., Mal, Quizzic, Wouter Ravian, John Emray, Brownie Davis, Corrine, Malambra57, Davinia Von Zarevich, Eric Phillips, Boston Harbor Whore, Nathan Grow, Eric Setterberg, Gregory Schmucker, Holden Omans, Hoser underscore 21, Jeffrey Young, Alexandra Kruska, Bifford, Tian Tai, Amanda McCalla, Marty Dixon, A.E. Jonesy, a.k.a. Grave Jones, Rolling Box Cars, and Nicholas Hutto. So thanks, guys. Appreciate all the support. That's quite a lot of folks. And this is the point where you reveal who paid extra to have Gabe mock them. So let's hear it. <laughs> no takers on that yet so far. Well, before we begin, we do need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hi, it's a me. 
Jeremy, creator of the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and occasional hand model for lubrication products manufactured solely in Thailand. But that's not why I'm here today. No, I'm here to sell you, or tell you, about our online store at shop.lovecrafttapes.com, which is actually just a subdomain which redirects you to TeePublic, or, if I ever get fed up with TeePublic, redirects you to somewhere else we sell our products. Whoa, 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 I know what you're thinking. Jeremy, I'm here to listen to a fake commercial, not some actual commercial for real products. Tough nut, kid. I gotta pay my dealer for all the reagent serum I'm injecting under my tongue, so you gotta listen. Anywho, fire up your resonator device and visit shop.lovecrafttapes.com to stock up on t-shirts, tank tops, and masks, all bearing your favorite taco fish or tape head logo, both designed by master artist Justin Levesque. Or maybe you dig some sweet-ass wall art, throw pillows or notebooks bearing the hilarious chapter artwork from the oh-so-talented and lovable Simon Gumble. It's all there at shop.lovecrafttapes.com and we're adding more stuff all the time. I love screen doors? Check. Cthulhu cart? Check. Pride flag taco fish design? Check, check, and more check. But please, don't send checks. Use your credit card to buy yourself or someone you love something nice. After all, wouldn't you be more comfortable in a Lovecraft Tapes hoodie when the murder hornets arrive on a giant meteor plummeting toward Earth to herald the arrival of COVID-20? Of course you would. And it's true what they say. You can't take it with you, but you can be buried with it. And we're back! What do you guys make of that product and our service? I'd avoid it since it clearly states that in the state of California, it can cause cancer. That's why I go for it that way, because I don't ever go to California, so I'm not going to get cancer. I'm trying to plan ahead. You never know. You might get knocked out and wake up one morning in San Francisco, and then what are you going to do? You're going to have cancer. Well, you're in San Fran, so it's a way out. Well, you guys make some fine points, but I guess I'm just not sold yet. Maybe if they bundled it in a cocoon and let it gestate for another few millennia, I might be willing to take another look, especially if it looked like Tawny Contain rolling around on the hood of a Jaguar from one of those late 80s White Snake videos. Hubba hubba, am I right? You are right. Hubba bubba. Hubba bubba, am I right? Sponsor us, hubba bubba. Now, dear investigators, we continue. Case 10. Praise. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. While digging for Delta Green evidence at Clyde Bauman's cabin, our intrepid detectives inadvertently let something loose upon the world that would have been better put out of its misery. Now they must track it down and kill it for good. Splitting from the other two, Rocky stumbles into a trap which leaves him vulnerable to attacks from the supernaturally animated corpse of Marlene, or at least part of her. Meanwhile, Jack and Roy track Marlene's better half through the treetops, but fending off her claws in the darkness begins to take its toll on both agents. Exhausted, the trio tracks their quarry to a warren of twisted branches where the reanimated thing retaliates with renewed vigor. Jack, this whole mission has gone sideways. You stare down at the smoldering remains of Marlene Bauman, who is supposed to have died many years ago. She, or it, claimed Clyde used dark magic to bring her back, though you have your suspicions that it wasn't even Marlene trapped in that decaying corpse. It spoke of 
the filler of space, bugshash. And despite these phrases meaning very little to you, they certainly chill the marrow in your bones. Now, standing out here under the moonlit sky, the stars above seem almost threatening. You shiver, reeling your consciousness back to the here and now. Your training kicks in. Rocky is gone. Neck snapped clean away from his spine. Roy, however, is still clinging to this world somehow. Blood oozes from the nasty wound in his chest. Frantically, you'll kneel beside him and try to apply pressure again, but no matter how you try to staunch the flow, more gushes out. Moving him at this point would most certainly kill him. Your unconscious friend coughs involuntarily, red stuff trickling from one nostril. If he doesn't get help very soon, he's going to die. I am going to frantically search for his phone on his person. Go ahead and give me a spy hidden. How's that? I need a 77. I rolled a 93. I failed. You frantically pat his suit down and are searching all the pockets. You see just like a little bit of a wisp of his breath in the night air. So you can tell that he's, his breathing is becoming weaker and weaker. His pockets are empty. You can't find his phone anywhere. I have nothing on my person that could help. I'm literally just on my knees, going to scream help to the sky. And your voice just spirals up into the night sky. Someone turned on subtitles. How far away is Rocky? Ten feet away. Um, I'm going to run over to Rocky and do the same. Search for a cell phone or something that I call for help. Okay. Uh, Yeah, go ahead and give me another spot hidden. I need a 77. I rolled a 63. That's a success. You find his phone in his pocket. All right. Passcode is 4321, because nobody would ever think of that. I'm going to open up his phone and, and look for Delta Green of any kind, any of the names that I would recognize from Delta Green, and call, immediately call. The first thing you notice right off the bat is there's no signal up here. Good. All right. So I'm going to throw the phone at Rocky in the right his face. For those of you keeping track at home playing the Lovecraft Tapes drinking game, Jeremy just said no signal, which means you now have to finish your drink. And that's something we established uh, one or two episodes yeah, ago. Yeah, I know. So you throw the phone back at Rocky, it bonks off his head, bounces Rude. into the mud, and you crawl on your hands and knees back to where Roy is struggling to breathe, leaking blood out of both nostrils now. And you're cradling him, and as you're doing so, you hear his breath sort of rattling almost like tires on gravel. And then you realize it's not coming from him. I look in the direction I hear the sound from. It's the driveway. Somebody's coming up the drive. You see headlights. I'm going to start screaming as loud as I can over here, over here, and flashing my flashlight. And uh, it looks like a vehicle pulls up to the house, and you can't quite make out what it looks like from where you're at. I'm going to stand up and run to the house. And as you do so, you see a black SUV idling in the driveway. I'm going to smash both of my hands on the hood and say, Get your ass out here! We need help! And as you approach the SUV, you see Lurch's face lit by a cell phone, and he's got this consternated look on his face. And as you bang your hand on the hood, he looks up and sees you, and he does a sort of pantomime of he's unable to reach anybody with his phone. I'm going to go to the driver's side door, rip the door open, and pull him out. Roy has been injured. He's going to die if we don't do something now. Follow me. And he has this wide, horrified look in his face as soon as you say Roy. And he leaps past you and starts sprinting 
We forgot the first aid kit in the glove compartment. I'm holding on to the tails of his coat, (laughs) riding along. You flap in the breeze, struggle to keep up with him because you are, of course, exhausted and have taken damage too, haven't you? Uh, Yeah, yeah. You actually just grab onto one of his legs like a little toddler at the dance. And <laughs> I've always loved going south. You race back to where you left the two brothers, dead and dying. Only as you approach, something very strange greets your eyes. Rocky, eyes shining like silver dollars in the moonlight, is crouched over Roy. What? Applying first aid to his brother's wound. What? Rocky, go ahead and give me a first aid roll, please. Uh, okay, let me get my character sheet real quick. This is why you become friends with the NPCs. It pays dividends. I needed a 43. I rolled an 8. That's an extreme success. Jack, please give me a spot hidden. I need a 77. I rolled an 81. That's a fail. You see Rocky creating a sort of makeshift bandage or compress out of uh, his suit jacket and has expertly patched up Roy, who is now sort of groggily coming to. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's it's extreme. Better be grateful that jacket was Italian silk. I'll spit on it. And Lurch skids 10 feet through the mud to appear by Roy's side, looking worriedly into his face, looking frantically between the three of you what the hell just happened am i able to speak you basically have one temporary hit point so you are lucid you need to get to a hospital within the next hour in order to recover otherwise you'll keep losing consciousness and potentially have to roll for constitution and dying lurch you saved me i'm gonna start undoing the bandages that i just did does it hurt you why are you poking it hurts Shh, this is good for both of us Rocky, how are you alive? That's a very good question. It took a minute for my one-up mushroom to kick in. I don't want to hear about what's below your belt, dude. I don't know what's going on. Did Delta Green do something to you? I think. I'm not honestly quite sure what's going on myself. They told us back at Delta Green that you were dead before we were leaving for the mission. I chalked that up to them just having wrong information or not communicating properly. Nope, nope, that's seven more. What do you mean, seven more? It's a cat joke. Nine lives, I've already died twice, I think I still have seven left, I don't know. You're not funny. It doesn't sound like it's a joke. And you see Lurch has taken a handkerchief from his coat pocket and is like daubing the sweat and the blood away from his nose. You and hear mouth. romantic music playing in the background, he pulls out a rose from his suit coat. <laughs> Will you accept this rose? Lurch, you gotta carry me. We might want to give these two a moment together. Rocky. I've got some questions for you, but they're going to have to wait till later. We need to get Roy to the hospital now. Lurch, can you help? Can you carry him? And he very easily, but very gently, picks up Roy and holds him close. And Roy's like a small child in his arms. <laughs> Hold me tender, Lurch. Hold me tender. And basically starts striding back towards the SUV. Rocky, can you move? Yes, but I'm going to need your help with one thing real quick, and I'm going to drag him back to the shed. We need to burn this cabin down. No, I agree. Let's do it. And I'm going to hand him a couple of cans of gasoline and take a couple for myself. We are going to head back to the cabin and spread that gasoline as much as we can to burn the place down, along with everything in the footlocker. Even the Adidas? Especially the Adidas. They're a little tight. We start with the Yeezys. Lurch heads back to the SUV, carrying and cradling Roy, puts him in the back seat, but then as he's doing so, Roy whispers out, Shotgun. And uh, Lurch looks at him for a moment and then 
moves around to the passenger side and modifies the seat slightly so he could basically repose and lie down. Make sure that you crush Jack's legs. And he nods. And then uh, he looks back to you guys. And he waves and, and he sort of makes a motion to like, do you want me to go and you stay? Yes, get him to the hospital as fast as you can and come back for us when you're all set. We'll be waiting here. You stay and we'll go. No, we'll stay and you'll go. No, I'll stay and you guys go. Put Roy in the middle of the gasoline-soaked cabin with a lit match. Have fun. And then we're all just going to leave. Not again. <laughs> I'm just worried he's going to pull that pin on the gas grenade in the car and we're all going to be <laughs> choking to death. I'm going to do it in the hospital. <laughs> Roy is there trying to attend to me. Never! Click. Lurch will put pedal to the metal and take Roy to the hospital. So you have some time to take care of business and do whatever else you need to do. Okay, so I'm going to use the bathroom. Take care of business. Going to make a snack. Don't listen. I have a shy bladder. (laughs) Pull a bunch of the cans out of the shed where they're all stored. And I'm going to go back into the shed and pour gas all over the inside of the shed as well with a trail leading out. And I'm going to light that first. Moving the gas far enough away so it won't ignite once the shed goes up. And while he's taking care of that, what are you doing, Rock? I'm boxing up the reel-to-reel tapes, and I am putting them outside near the driveway. So just keeping those among all of the other things that you found and discovered in the Foot Locker? After what I heard on that first reel, I think that's the only thing I'm still really interested in. Go ahead and give me an intelligence roll. I needed a 60 hour old to three. That's an extreme success. So you're also very curious and, and a little dubious, too, that the magnetic sphere that you found could actually be destroyed by fire. Okay, so I'll grab that. So among those other things were the uh, bloody suit in a cardboard box, two canisters of tear gas, or did... I know Roy took one, right? I think Rocky took one. I grabbed the other before we left the house. So I'm just going to put it back, because it's of no use to me anymore. So the tear gas grenades would be in there as well, right? Or Roy still has his, doesn't he? Right, so two of those, two of the uh, tear gas grenades would be uh, in the cabin when it goes up and uh, also the manuscript and the pouch containing the baby teeth and the uh, hair and all that stuff uh, i'm worried because he's listing everything no i'm just taking that sphere and i am just taking the tapes sphere tapes so those go into a box in the outside of the driveway while he's pouring gasoline in the shed well the tapes are in a box the sphere is staying with me because i don't want the magnetic sphere to erase the magnetic tapes so like in your pants pocket for instance yeah. Oh, it might erase your manhood. Sorry, you're now a girl. No, I'm just a Ken doll. It's perfectly smooth. You got like a smooth nub. Welcome to the nub craft tapes. So, Jack, you're you're now standing outside the shed with the trail leading in. Pop that Zippo back open. Don't trusty Zippo. And light the trail that leads into the into the shed. Go ahead and describe for me how the shed burns trail leads perfectly it goes extremely fast because all the fumes in the air but once it gets into the shed it seems like it dwindles down and it's not going to light on fire so i start to take one two three steps and then it's just a huge explosion right out the front door the door actually pops off the hinge and shoots into the woods and the entire back of the shed with the workbench is blown out the back and it's just all ablaze and i hold a boom box over my head so that happens and yeah of course rocky you see this and uh, even roy As you're being driven down the road, you see this explosion happen deep in the woods, just this column of instantaneous fire. He lifts his head slowly and goes, Father? (laughs) I'll just be sitting in the passenger seat. That was cool. (laughs) 
<laughs> he gives the Terminator two thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. Dun, dun. I'm going to grab some of the cans of gasoline that are outside. I'm going to just start at the back of the house and just kind of start spreading it around in each room. Just make sure everything gets a little bit. I'll spread around the outside of the house so the exterior is getting drenched as well. Uh, Anything with a septic tank? I'm going to have a trail coming from the house over to the septic tank, and I'm going to put another can of gas just into the septic tank, making sure that it all, once the house goes, it's going to trail off and right to the septic tank and go as well. We're leaving the outhouse alone because it's a really nice outhouse and it did nothing wrong. What about the Florida room? We take all the screens down, carefully roll them. He does. I really don't care. I unzip the cushions off the couch, take the stuffing out, and put the screens in the cushions and rezip. It kind of goes off without a hitch. You guys spread the gas around and, and are being very, very careful about not uh, being near the flames. And pretty soon, the whole compound is ablaze. All of a sudden, these dirty hippies just show up out of nowhere and start dancing. Burning Man, man! I'm going to tap Rocky on the shoulder and go, you want to see something cool? And I'm going to light the ground at my foot, and it's going to... Etching of a bird is going to be around me, and I'm going to stand in the middle. It's the crow! He's back! (laughs) Best movie ever. And then just walk (laughs) off into the woods. (laughs) And then your leg catches on fire. Shh! I can put it out. I can put it out. Don't put it out till you're off screen. It'll look cooler. You gotta wait. Lurch has arrived at a hospital that is just about an hour away, so you're starting to feel pretty bad there, Roy. The edges of your periphery of your vision is becoming darker and darker, like this gray blankness sort of encroaching on your sight. And uh, you're finding a little hard to breathe. You're kind of panting slightly. Everything's going sepia. It's like old-timey in here. Everything's going old-timey. As you do lose a bit of your vigor, Lurch is keeping it. He keeps like looking over at you, looking over at you. And uh, you can see he's like putting the pedal of the metal and just like flooring it. And you guys screech to a halt at a nearby Wisconsin hospital. And he jumps out and races around to you and yanks your door open just as you lose consciousness. <gasps> I will need you to roll constitution. I failed. I knew this 60, I got a 74. All right. So you did lose consciousness and you feel yourself being lifted by the strong arms. And then... His so last words are, I like you more than my wife. That's not unique. <laughs> Rocky and Jack, you guys are standing and everything is burning. Jack, you notice the unusual reflection of flames in Rocky's eyes. He looks like his eyes are just mirrors. Fire. <laughs> I'm going to study his, his face and his eyes and see if I can make any sense of what I'm seeing. The reflection of the flames and him coming back to life. I need to make sense of this. Why don't you give me a psychology? I needed a 10. I rolled an 11. I'm going to spend one point. All right. What's that take your luck down to? Oh, it's plenty. Any other questions? I have tons. Like 15. That could come into play. All right. No, 50. You're studying him. You see something a little strange. It almost looks as though there is this green glint behind the reflection of the orange flame in his eyes. Why don't you give me a spot hidden, please? I need a 77. I rolled a 71. You're studying Rocky very intently, and you see this strange green glint in his eye, and you concentrate. And as you do so, he swivels his head and looks directly into your gaze and smiles. And you can see the green glint 
Behind the reflection of the flame in his eyes is a number. The number is five. I'm going to seductively wink at him when I notice him staring at me. I'm going to slowly reach in, pull out the iron dagger that I kept out of the footlocker, and slowly slide it into his green eye. Four. Why don't you go ahead and describe what your involuntary reaction is to seeing this number and realizing that it looks damn similar to the number floating above your heads in the cathartic arena. I'm going to grab Rocky by each shoulder and pull him right up to my chest so we're cheek to cheek. He's facing over my shoulder and I'm going to go, we're still in the simulation. Well, that makes a bit more sense than my other current running theory, so let's go with that. And then I'm going to piss my pants. And the reason that you do so is because you now realize as you hug Rocky to your frame, he has absolutely no wounds from his encounters with Marlene. Everything, all the claw marks, the bite at the throat, is completely healed with no scarring, and you feel a hot rush of piss down your leg. Just the left leg, though. Is that where you kept it tucked in? Your left sock? Let's say tucked in. So, Roy... I can't respond, I'm dead. You float in a sea of nothingness, just blank gray, not even black, not white. Just this strange limbo middle ground. It's peaceful. And you realize that you have your eyes closed when you hear a familiar voice. Hey Roy, what are you doing? Get up, buddy. And I'll spring up. Your eyes snap open at the sound of Bugsy's voice. I'm up, what? And you see yourself in a completely featureless room where everything is white. And Bugsy is standing right by your bedside, sort of shaking you awake. Hey, pal, what are you doing? Sleeping it off? You know, it's been a rough one. <laughs> why, why you say that? Because I'm sleeping it off. Oh, yeah. You're hitting the bottle a little bit, huh? You got to get rid of that scotch. Why would I ever get rid of something like that? Yeah, you got a point. So what's up, man? What are you doing here? I didn't think it was your time. I didn't hope it was my time. I didn't think it was your time either. But yeah, none of us does, right? <laughs> so what's been going on around here, Bugsy? Well, not much. Just, uh, you know, hanging out. Uh, it's kind of nice up here when you, you know, get used to it a little bit. Of course, you miss your friends and family and all that, but uh, you can have pretty much anything you want up here, even scotch. I don't know if I want to be here. Well, you're here now, so uh, what do you say we walk and talk? Catch me up. What's been going on? Well, not much, really. I've been in Chicago, if you can imagine that. <laughs> Why, for God's sake? That's what I said. I don't want to be in that hellhole. You couldn't pay me to go there. Well, they did pay me, so I guess you could pay me to go there. I suppose, if I were paid. But, you know, not like money means anything up here. Well, yeah, but down there. Yeah, down there. But that, we don't have to worry about that no more, right? So, wait a second. Do the Celtics win every title up here? Up here? Every title. Every time. Undefeated, baby. All right, well, maybe it ain't that bad up here. Well, come on. Uh, wait, I got some uh, people for you to meet. So he uh, leads you out into the blank expanse, white horizon. You can make out a slight variation between where the horizon meets the sky. It's almost like eggshell meets vanilla. What, what happened to your brother? Is he is he coming too? I don't know. He seemed fine to me. Yeah, that guy. He's always got something up his sleeve, doesn't he? Nothing you can do about him. We've tried for years. Decades, even. Oh, I remember when we were kids. Yeah, God, that guy. Drive me up the wall. Everybody. 
He was always whining. He was always like, ah, there's nothing wrong with the Hartford Whalers. I said, yeah, there is. Hartford Whalers? Come on. They got nothing. Can you believe that that guy went to Boston College? Whatever with that accent of his and all his uh, shady dealings and whatnot. He always thought he was better than us, but he wasn't. Nobody's better than us. Fuck. High five. Exactly. That's why we're up here. <laughs> you know, that's one thing I got to debunk for you is uh, I don't think this is like heaven per se. Yeah, you're here. Can't be that bad. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's it's almost like uh, I'm God, you're God, we're all God. It's like the waiting room. I get it. Uh, no, I think this is it. Actually, this is the this is what we got. Well, you know, sometimes you just wait and wait and wait, and nothing comes. I've been here for a couple chapters, you know. So, who else is here? Anybody else here? Yeah, yeah, that's what I wanted to uh, let you know. Uh, there's uh, someone very special been meaning to talk to you. Hey, come on out. Raid, come see a pop. Hey, Dad. Oh, hi, Raid. You liking it up here? Why'd you do it? I don't know. You're always there. I had to do someone. Don't take it personal. I do take it personal, Dad. You never liked to hug me. You never liked to talk to me. You weren't my least favorite. Trust me on that. Then why'd you pick me? I got so many names, man. I don't want to talk to you right now. All right. That's fair. Oh, come on, guys. Uh, this is a family reunion of sorts. Nah, Bugsy, let the kid be. None of it matters up here. I mean, we're all families. This is where we're called coming anyway, so... Hey, Rabe. Yeah, Dad. Look, if I'm going to be here for a while, I'm going to make it up to you somehow. I don't know how, but... All I want is a hug. Well, may- maybe we'll do that sometime. <laughs> I will pencil you in for next Tuesday. I'm I'm still trying to meet people, you know? All right, well, good luck, I guess. Hey, Rabe, come here. Yeah, Dad. And I'll give him a noogie and be like, you go get him, kiddo. Ow. Ah, uh, that's that's what I like to see. The royal family back together. Hey, did you notice anything weird there, Roy? Yeah. Yeah, you're back in your old body. How's it feel? Feels good. You're looking pretty sharp there, mister. Yeah, it feels good to be handsome again. Well, look, uh, we just had this quick window. I just wanted you to see Raid again. Uh, you're going to see him again someday, but... I'm getting the signal. You got to go back down. Yeah, I should have been nicer to the kid, you know. You can make it up to him later. I'm sure he'll understand by then. I wasn't raised where boys are allowed to be nice to anyone ever. It won't matter. Gender roles won't matter up here. Don't worry about it. We're we're all uh, learning new stuff. Hey, quick, before I go down, Bugsy. Yeah, sure. I missed you. I missed you too, buddy. (laughs) He hugs you tightly. And then you hear, clear! And you gasp in the air Bye, Dad. as the doctors and nurses move away from you and you're breathing on your own. And uh, they start patching up the wound in your chest. And you can see Lurch looking through the window of the operating room. And we'll go back to uh, Jack and Rocky. Rocky, uh, Jack just pissed himself. That's pretty unusual. Gingerly push him off me and take a large step back. I'm going to str- spread my arms completely wide. Clean me. I'd say you could get another pair of pants, but they're all currently burning. Tell you what, why don't we just start walking? We can meet him partway, because I'm not sure standing next to a burning cabin is so safe. I'm just going to start walking. Slowly, tears are streaming down my cheeks. I have no idea why. Why am I peeing out my eyes? (laughs) It stinks. My face is leaking. I mean, they do say that friendship is kind of like peeing on yourself. Everybody can see it, but only you get the warm, fuzzy feeling. But it kills all the jellyfish in your pants. Just (laughs) in my pants. Rocky, are you carrying the uh, box full of tapes? Yeah, I'm going to pick up and carry the box full of tapes and catch up to him. I did manage to save one other thing, and I'm going to pull out the sphere, and I'm going to show it to him. I'm going to put my hand out. I'm going to hand him the sphere. And I'm going to drop it through the floorboards of nature. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. Hold on, I'll be right back. I'm going to look at it and put it in my pocket without saying a word and keep walking. You guys start walking, and let's say about a mile and a half down the road, 
is a Wisconsin farmer driving a tractor with a uh, trailer being towed behind. And this tractor comes up behind you guys as you're walking. And he pulls up just a little bit past you and then pulls over. And uh, you see him sort of do a double take over his shoulder. He calls out, Hey, boys, need a lift anywhere? Oh, it's been lovely. Um, How far can you get us to the, the, the nearest town or somewhere where we could possibly get some sort of cell signal? Uh, I got signal now. Uh, how are you doing? Good, you? Good. I pissed my other leg. I think you're going to want to hop in the uh, trailer then. Why don't you give us a ride as close as you can get just to civilization? And I'm going to pull out my wallet and hand him a $20 bill. And I go, and this is so you don't ask any questions. Oh, well, uh, sure. It's uh, We're the only ones out here, so thank you. Thank you kindly, mister. How far is it to the closest hospital? About an hour away. Can you drive us there on your tractor? Let me get back to our farm uh, just up the way here, and uh, I'll have uh, Jethro give you a lift into town. Do you have a friend uh, you're visiting up at the hospital? Yes, we have a friend. Well, hop on in. Do you have any pants? No, but I got some hay. You could probably just, you know. I, I, I'm not into you. Hay. Roll around in the hay. I'm just saying. Straw. All right, hop on in, boys. All right, I hop in, boys. I climb right up next to him and sit on his lap. Can I steer? Uh, no. <laughs> and uh, he takes you down the way to his farm where uh, one of his farm hands, Jethro, has a pickup truck. Jethro takes one look at Jack and is seeing the big stain in your pants and gives you a, a motion to follow him. He takes you into a closet in the barn. And does unspeakable things. He goes, you in, you into waterworks? <laughs> gives you some overhauls. Nice. I put them on. Never breaking eye contact as I take my pants off. That looks pretty good on you, mister. Uh, do you want me to ditch these in the trash, or are you going to take them with you? Uh, I'm going to double check the pockets, make sure everything's out of them. Transferring contents into the new, you can throw them away, or you can keep them. All right, well, trash can's right there. I don't want them. Ugh. I stink something fierce. They make a good pillow. He had asparagus for dinner. All right, but you boys uh, need to ride up to the hospital, huh? Yes, please. Yes, if you could possibly manage. Oh, absolutely. Just hop on in here, and uh, you don't mind if I play a little music, do you? Nope. Oh, not at all. All right, because I, I like to sing along at the top of my voice, uh, a thousand bottles of beer. Oh, I thought he said a thousand miles, and it's going to be something You know, totally we don't have death metal here in Wisconsin, but we got scream singing. <laughs> he's a horse at the end. He can't talk. No, he's a literal horse. Hope you find your friend. <laughs> and uh, he drives at a nice leisurely pace to the hospital where you see Lurch's black SUV parked outside, sort of skewed as if he hopped out in a hurry. And you see some blood spatters on the pavement just outside the passenger door, which does not give you much hope. I pull out my yarn and start going in between the spatters. And uh, Jethro drives away. <laughs> All right, I'm going to uh, rush into the hospital up to the front counter. Yes, uh, welcome to McDonald's. How may I take your order? I'd like two Big Macs and a DLT a quarter pounder with some cheese, some filet of fish, cheeseburger, and french fries. And a Diet Coke. Give me a bedpan stat. Are you here to see someone? I need to see... Roy Arroyo. He was brought in about 45 minutes to an hour ago. Are you family? We're co-workers. We're waiting to contact family. I'm going to walk up to the SUV, and I'm going to put the box with the tapes in them in the trunk, and then I'm going to close it, and then I'm going to walk in and walk up to the counter. Yes, I'm here looking for my brother. Rocky, don't forget to order your sandwich. Okay, uh, who's your brother, please? Uh, his name was Roy Arroyo. He should have been here about an hour ago. Are you guys in collusion because... 
because this guy was just asking for Roy Arroyo. Ma'am, we work together. This is his brother. We all work together. We're co-workers. Brothers can ha- can work together. So are you co-workers or brothers? And do you want a Happy Meal with that? I would like to have the gummy snacks. Only if I get the little toy. All right. Uh, well, here's some papers to sign. And she shoves some papers over towards you. Uh, of course. Puts an X. Hands back. <laughs> All right. Yes. Uh, we don't have a Roy Arroyo. We have uh, Roy McDonough. Oh, yes. I forgot when he married, he changed his name. It, it says here that you're Rocky Whiteside. I... Well, when we got married, we both took our wives' names. They were insistent on it. It's, 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 we are very forward thinking. That sounds to me like a uh, fast talk. Oh, it can't be a persuade. <laughs> Are you sure that's not a psychology? It sounds like a fast talk to me. I needed a five. I rolled an 87. That's a failure. I'll tell you what. Why don't you gentlemen have a seat? And I'm just going to make a quick phone call. Can you at least tell us if he's okay? Did he make it? Please. I can't release any information unless you're family. I don't need any information. I just need to. Is he alive? Sir, please have a seat or I'll have to take call security. Call security, then I'm gonna I'm pushing past and I'm going through the hospital to try to find him. And I'll roll down the stairs in my wheelchair doing <laughs> sick flips. It's Professor X not waiting for a bureaucracy in this piece of shit small town in Wisconsin with their cheese heads. While he's doing that, I'm going to pull my phone out and just redial the last number, which was the Delta Green number. And I'm gonna wait and see if they pick up. Delta Dawn. Yes, I do immediately. Yes. I'm stuck at a small hospital in Wisconsin, and I was wondering if there was any way you could um, send a message over, send something over. See, Roy was injured during our mission, and seeing as we no longer have last names after the whole body swapping incident, we're having a bit of a hard time getting in contact with him since they're really looking for family only. I'd- Rocky, do you want dipping sauce? Well, yes, uh, Mr. Uh, Whiteside. Uh, just please, if you wouldn't mind, hand the phone to the registering nurse. Of course. I'm going to walk up to her and say, that's for you. She looks at it, takes it, puts it up to her ear, and you see her whole body just sort of go rigid, and then she robotically hands the phone back to you. Thank you. It's, uh, I appreciate the help. We'll have a chopper there within the hour to collect Roy. Thank you. It's very, very nice. So you hang up on the Delta Green number, and the woman behind the counter is staring blankly, and she just says robotically, he's recovering in room 237. Thank you. I'm going to turn and start walking. Jack, why don't you go ahead and give me a track roll? <laughs> All right. I needed a 58. I rolled a 14. That's very hard. So you're you're basically just like a wild animal racing through. Roy! You go around one corner and you see some security guards hustling towards you. So you step back into a supply closet. They run past you. And you pop back out, go down another series of hallways, are almost spotted by a doctor who looks up from a clipboard and gives you a, a strange stare. Sweep his legs, choke him out. Immediately turn around and walk the other way. And this isn't the bathroom. Round the corner and you see lurch pacing up and down uh, outside of a room at the exact moment that rocky just strides up casually well it took you so long is he okay yes he's recovering i had a chat with the nurse at the front desk speaking of did i notice anything weird when when she handed me the phone back like was there anything uh, odd other than the fact that she went like totally rigid and robotic what i've noticed no 
She peed her pants. I accidentally walked in there. It wasn't pretty. What's the prognosis, since you have so much information? She said he was in recovery, so I'm assuming that whatever medical procedures they performed on him went just fine. The plate above the door says morgue. It says not recovery. Like I said, I, sh- <laughs> I assume everything is just fine. Lurch, have you tried the door? You rang. I'm going to walk up and twist the doorknob. It's electrifying. <laughs> Now you peed. It opens up, and you see uh, Roy unconscious in bed. I'm going to start shaking him. Wake up! All these tubes and wires, bags of uh, saline solution uh, hooked up to him. And there is a nurse who is taking some readings off of a machine that's beeping. And she looks up as you come in. She's like, are you family? Yes. Hi, I'm Rocky McDonough. I'm uh, his brother. You can have a couple of minutes with him, but I understand that uh, there is transportation en route to take him to a better facility? Yes. Yes, we're bringing our own transportation to get him somewhere else. I see. Okay. Somewhere out of this bumfuck shithole town. Hey, you're unconscious. Shut up. You can have a couple of minutes and then uh, I'm going to have to ask you to leave so we can get him prepped for the uh, transportation. Of course. And she uh, leaves the room. I'm going to put my hand on his shoulder. Roy, you are one tough son of a bitch. You hang in there with the choppers on its way. And after the motorcycle gets here, we'll get a helicopter. Where are they taking me? Well, we got a Harley Davidson. I don't know where to, though. They're taking you to Delta Mauve. We're going to Omega Red. We can't cohort with the enemy. Delta Green is calling in a chopper. Presumably, I'm assuming to take them back to their facilities, which are probably more advanced than the ones in, um, how'd you put this, this bumfuck town? That's not what I said, but okay. They have so many bums here. So Lurch is in the room with us, right? Yes, he. as you guys were speaking with Roy, and once he realized that Roy was conscious, he sort of slunk in, uh, almost cat-like, to the end of the bed, and has reached out a hand and is sort of rubbing one of Roy's toes through the covers. Guys, I think I died. You were almost dead. There's a difference. I'm going to lean into Roy like I did the exact same thing to Rocky, and I'm going to say, we're still in the simulation. <laughs> I saw Bugsy. And I'm going to lean in again and go, he like my overalls? Lots of pockets. There's a pocket on the chest. I don't know what it's for. What would you put in there? Where can I get a pair? Oh, I'll give you a pair. He starts taking off his overalls. <laughs> All right, I'm going to step back and just kind of wide-eyed, still a little taken aback by everything that's happened tonight. And stand in the corner, facing the corner. If I was almost dead, how come I saw Bugsy? Just hang in there. We'll figure this out later. Get me more morphine. Power Rangers? No, morphine. Oh, not the morphine. Power Rangers? I need more of it. And the nurse who is waiting outside hears this and rushes back in. All right, boys, you you need to leave now. Uh, We have to prep him. Thank thank you, ma'am. Yes, all right, goodbye. And I'll start clapping. It's the morphine lady. (laughs) And uh, you guys are ushered outside. The door shuts, and you can hear Roy's slow clap becoming slower and slower as he's pumped full of morphine. It's a morphine. Uh, Within the hour, um, a chopper arrives to a field pretty close to the uh, hospital. And the uh, emergency team takes the gurney out to the uh, chopper and he's loaded up and is flown away. I look at Rocky. Remember what Delta Green said? No witnesses. <laughs> the whole hospital. And then you shoot yourself. <laughs> yeah. I saw nothing. Jack and Rocky are standing there with Lurch. While I'm in the helicopter, I'll unpit my tear gas. We just see something coming out of the side all the way, flying away. Chopper starts doing circles. Rocky and Jack just shaking their heads. Oh, there he goes again. Wah, wah. 
I'm like, well, Lurch, I think we're done. We're going to need to get back to Delta Green. I'm assuming that means we'll just head back to the same airport we came in at. And Lurch pulls out his phone and types a couple things and sends it to Rocky's phone. And it says, don't you have to meet your control officer, Slicer? Oh, yes, that strange fellow in the bush. Right. Um, well, in that case, Lurch, if you would be so kind as to take us back to the Millennium Park post office, it would be most gracious. He nods and uh, rushes over to the SUV and opens up the doors for you. Gonna get in the back because, you know, the seat in the front is kind of covered in blood. I already lost my jacket. I'm not gonna lose any other parts of this suit unless it's absolutely necessary. I stick to the front seat. Shotgun. As Jack tries to get in the front seat, Lurch Holds up his finger and waves no. Grabs my face and goes, uh, uh, uh. Oh, yeah, you're right. And then I'm going to go to the back seat. But on the side that Rocky's on. And Lurch gets back in the driver's seat and uh, you see him reach over to the glove box and open it up. And he pulls out a little piece of paper that's folded and he puts it on the passenger seat. And it says reserved. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. And then he drives you back to the Cloudgate Hotel. Holiday Inn. And by the time you get there, you guys are completely exhausted. You have absolutely no energy or an ambition to do anything else other than just collapse. I would like to sleep. Just want to make sure that I keep the box of tapes with me. Absolutely. So you got the box of tapes and you got the magnetic sphere. You wake up early morning, actually before sunrise on the second day after you met Slicer. So you're well within your timeline. And you perform the uh, short walk to the post office and see Slicer standing outside. Hi, boys. How'd it go? Have you been in that bush the whole time? Yeah. Well, you could say that. Sure. Okay. You've been in that bush the whole time. You got a little uh, something different about you. I had a nose job done. What do you think? It, it suits you. Uh, thanks. Hey, where's your other one? His other nose job? I'm assuming they threw it away. Weren't, weren't there like three? Let me let me check the photographs. Hey, yeah, Roy. <laughs> where's Roy? He had to take his own uh, ride back to headquarters. We hit a bit of trouble over at the cabin, but, you know, it's it's all gone. There's nothing left. Everything is ash and rubble at this point. Are you absolutely sure? Yes, I stood out there and watched the thing burn. Sounds good, boys. Uh, why don't you head back to HQ? Uh, maybe do a bit of a drive-by? Huh? I understand the uh, son and daughter are supposed to arrive at uh, his apartment. Just take a quick... Uh, Run by. Make sure everything's cool. No one's freaking out, if you know what I mean. You have some Uzis. Those tend to work best for drive We should have shotguns for this shit. I'm pretty sure Lurch will give you a lift. What if we want an Uber? Unless you want a taxi. Taxi? No, we want Lurch. Well, good luck, boys. Uh, maybe I'll see you again. Is maybe. Safe travels. And he backs into a hedge and disappears. Again with the bush. And Lurch is waiting by the SUV with the doors open. I'm going to go shot. No. Uh, backseat. Lurch, we need to make a, a slight detour before we head back to the airport. Do you mind taking us back to Mr. Bowman's apartment complex? We just want to check on things, make sure that his kids are there and they're doing all right, and make sure nothing else is unexpectedly popped up. And he uh, nods vigorously, gives you a thumbs up, and he drives straight to the apartment complex and rolls slowly past... The unit that contains 237. You see Michael and Sharon, the two children of Clyde Bauman. It appears that they just arrived and they're loading a couple things into the car. You see Michael carrying a box into the car that's parked downstairs. And up on the second landing, you see Sharon, the daughter, standing in the doorway to Clyde Bauman's apartment, talking with Mrs. Janowitz, who is holding the dog. And Sharon is crying and gesticulating wildly and you see her hold out something to mrs janowitz rocky notices it's the wedding ring 
that he put on the dresser. And you drive past, back to the airport, where you catch a plane, back to Delta Green headquarters. Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. We are definitely still inside the simulation. I'm not. I'm the one who isn't. But Roy, if you were in the simulation with us, that means we could now do, you know, a whole bunch of crazy shit without any real consequences, because none of this matters, because it's not real. I do that anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, you have a point. Now we're going to start doing things specifically to break the simulation, because that's how these movies work. I'm going to go to a bar and order negative one beers just to make sure I can't underflow one of the variables. I'm going to go to a bar and try and use some SQL injection to make sure they sanitize their inputs. They don't. Might be able to drop some tables. Now it's time for some hashtag recommendos where we share some of our geeky obsessions. So please roll the So it's going to be me, Gabe, Brian, Matt. I'm going to do something a little off the mark for me usually. And I'm going to recommend cooking. Now that we're all essentially stuck at home and uh, have potentially more time to fill in our calendars, cooking can be a particularly useful skill, particularly if you have, let's say, a lot of ingredients, but nothing to do with them. (laughs) And you need to eat, as we all do. Tools can be a lot of fun. Uh, For instance, I have the Instant Pot. Uh, I've sort of fallen in love again with cast iron. So I have a cast iron pan, a cast iron pizza pan, cast iron griddle. But even if you're not like a gadget person, even a simple fork can make do to mix up something and mix up a quick omelet, for instance. And don't let your lack of knowledge or skill be any hamper to you. The internet is full of recipes to replicate your favorite food, so assuming that you like something, don't be bashful. Just go out and find a variation of it. Um, There's even vegan or vegetarian options of uh, foods that you like. So if you don't have meat in the pantry, maybe you can substitute lentils or black beans or something like that. Uh, YouTube is also stocked with uh, many step-by-step instructional videos. For instance, uh, I learned to make a pretty decent French omelet by watching videos from Jacques Pepin. I also really love to make cassoulet. It's one of my favorite comfort foods in the Instant Pot. That one is a lot of fun because you take a whole chicken and you sort of braise it in the Instant Pot. And it's it's a lot of fun just like pick up the whole damn chicken and flip it over and, and sizzle it on one side or the other. Cooking is a great skill, particularly uh, in this quarantine. So if you want to put that time to good use, uh, learn a new skill, whatever it is. It could be cooking, it could be needlepoint, doesn't matter. Just just learn something new and, and uh, fill that time and don't be bored. I also really appreciate the sort of zen-like experience of doing my mise en place. Having everything all nice and uh, laid out and then just being able to execute that recipe step by step is relaxing to me. Next up is Gabe. I, my thing is more important than cooking. You don't need cooking to live. Uh, now, I'm going to recommend a docu-series made by Vice. It's called Dark Side of the Ring. It's in its second season right now, and it's a series that's based on the worst things that have ever happened in wrestling. The first episode this season was a two-parter about Chris Benoit. There's episodes about things that they did that ended up hurting a lot of the wrestlers. There's a lot of them that are about murder. There's one that's about the curse of the Von Erichs family. And it's just very interesting to see how all of these real life things can come and can affect the wrestling industry as it's happening. They have a bunch of wrestlers that come in and talk about the events as 
that happened. It's very good. It's produced by Vice, which, you know, Vice is good at these kind of like unimportant, silly, fun documentaries like this. A lot of them are narrated by Chris Jericho, a lot of them by Dutch Mantel, who, I mean, they have different wrestlers narrating it and different wrestlers having on just people who are around them. And it's just interesting because it's it's a dark side of wrestling that you don't usually see because they you know, they, WWE especially does a really good job hiding all these things when they happen and never talking about them ever again. And a little mini extra recommendo, they also did a little documentary about uh, CZW, which is like the most violent wrestling company in the world. Some of these episodes are on YouTube, otherwise you can see them on TV, uh, and that's a dark side of the ring. All right, uh, Brian, you're up next. Mine, shockingly, is a TV show. The TV show Barry. It's an HBO show. It's basically, he's a hitman that tracked one of his marks to a acting class, and he caught the acting bug while trying to scope out and kill this guy. And it's basically him trying to get out of the business of being a hitman while trying to become an actor, not knowing anything about it. Every time he has to do a job, it's his last job. This is it. And I'm going to be an actor now. And it never ends. It's a vicious cycle. But it's got Bill Hader, Henry Winkler, Sarah Goldberg. Very well-written show. It's got comedy. It's got a little bit of drama in there. But you feel for the characters right off the bat. I am eight episodes into the first season. I'm not sure how many episodes. But definitely check it out. It's called Barry. And Matthew, why don't you close this up? Today we are diving headfirst back into the pond that is Steam's early access games. I have a game called Godhood, which is a game about literally creating your own deity, creating your own religion, and then gaining as many followers you can in a bid to conquer all other gods and all other religions. It ends up being what is almost like a strategy-esque game where you pick your followers and some of them you can turn into warriors that fight for you in certain religious battles and those have their own set of stats and you use them to fight against other people's warriors that have different stats so it becomes a game of how do you get the best team you know if i give this person here he's a little weak here but this other person kind of complements that so it becomes like a almost like a strategy kind of building type game i have a whole lot of content for being early access right now honestly they have like their it's about according to the developers about 60 to 70% of the way there. They have six or seven different commandments, which are like the core values of your god. So things like war or lust or greed or madness. Literally, you can be a god of madness and you can make yourself Cthulhu if you want. It's really fun. Like I said, it is an early access. So if that's not your thing, that's fine. And just keep an eye on this. But if you don't mind picking up something that's not all the way there, Godhood is a, a really fun game to play right now. And that's it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Podbean, Spotify, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your regular podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our hashtag recommendos and social media channels including Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter at lovecrafttapes. I ain't dead at the real weird kid. If you want to lecture me on my parenting techniques, you can find me at Lovecraft Gabe. If anybody can recommend a good dry cleaner for my pants, you can reach me at Brian Podcasts. Until next time, roll for overalls. So many pockets. That's where I keep my kittens. That's what the front pocket's for. Kitty. 
The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2020. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. Yep, mine spiked everywhere. We're good. <laughs> Live from Corona Bunker One. <laughs> I thought it was really funny about my my joke in the last episode about being live from Corona Bunker One, and Gabe was like, "By the time this is released, everyone's gonna be like, huh, what's that?'" And I just laughed because <laughs> <laughs> you already knew you're like, "Yes, yeah. my planet is whole world on lockdown." And Gabe's back then is like, "No, it's not gonna be a thing anymore." And people are like, what? <laughs> At least it's just a flu. I don't know how long it takes to release things. Usually for me, about three minutes. Gross. <laughs> oh, look at Mr. Big Shot over here lasting three minutes. <laughs> Woohoo, pull the cork out and everything's fine. <laughs> hey, Bri. What's up? Do you like Cadbury cream eggs? Oh, I love cream eggs. You mean creaming in the eggs? No, 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 no. Yes. I was creaming in an egg right then. Uh, uh. I make my own. Can you share your recipe? Because... There's a lot of people out there right now who are stuck at home and they'd really like to know how to make cream eggs. You buy 60 Cadbury cream eggs, take the labels off, empty the cream out. You put a little hole at the top, a little hole at the bottom, and you just blow. Can you suck, though? You could, but you're going to need that cream for later. Okay, well, I keep it in my cheeks. I have, like, chipmunk well, cheeks. Well, yeah, then that's fine. That's fine, as long as it processes through your body. Yeah, well, eventually it will. Absolutely. It comes out a little different color. A little bit little bit at a time. You you refill it with your own special cream mixture. And what, what would that contain, exactly? Well, everybody's a little different. True, true. So whatever you got going through you. That's what you're going to fill it with. See, I've got grasshoppers, chocolate-covered ants, chicken heads, just the heads, though. Ground-up beaks. Oh, good. Is that too much? Like, they have ground-up beaks within a chocolate cream egg? No, no, that's good, because what we're going to do is we're going to repackage those, and you're going to sell them for a slight markup on eBay. What's the name? What's the label? Oh, uh, it, it, you really, you're you're repackaging, so you're going to save all those labels you initially took off, uh-huh. and you're going to replace them with the same, so it's always a surprise for your customers. They don't know what they're getting. Can we just, like, re- rebrand them into, like, uh, bad berry eggs? We don't have the overhead for this. Well, what if I give you an infusion from, uh, like, say, the government, like $600 or something? Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, we could buy a printer. We could do that, yeah. Uh, could we just, like, 3D print the eggs so they're not actual chocolate? Oh, but they look like chocolate and smell like chocolate, so when they bite them, blood. We're going to 3D print the uh, scratch and sniffs and just wrap them around. I, no, I like the scratch and sniff. That's a good idea, too. I like to just eat the scratch and sniff. I don't even like to scratch it or sniff it. Just eat it. So you can find these products on our store, our eBay store. They're called Scratch and Sniff cream surprise eggs and it says do not eat on the bottom right well of course you have to have the disclaimer don't want to get sued for crazy and if you want to buy the uh, 60 pack that one's called go suck an egg yep what was the uh gum that would have the the liquid inside and squirt in your mouth oh that's bubba hubba that's the guy made him down the street squirt in your mouth sign me up says gabe gushers that's not gum it's a gummy candy. I thought you said granny gushers, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's different, Matt. How much are you making off that site nowadays? <laughs> you don't um. want to know. <laughs> <laughs> He's a gusher. He's a gummy gusher. Go 
Dirty Google, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I don't think I'm allowed to do another first aid because I did it within the same time period. That is correct. Your first aid is wasted. Well, it's not wasted. He just had a few before dinner. It's not a big deal. (laughs) I can drive. I can drive. You don't know me. I'm first aid, man. (laughs) Running out of time. Upgrade. 40-minute limit. I thought they lifted the 40-minute limit. So we're going to have to finish this episode up in the next 9 minutes and 45 seconds. Let's pick it up, Jeremy. Let's pick it up. (laughs) But you're fine as long as you don't cock it up. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say that. Cock it up. Like, it'd have to be a really bad roll. Cock and balls. Cock my head a little. What about your cock? Yeah. My head a little. He's rocking out with his cock out. I'm a leprechaun. (laughs) (laughs) What are you looking at, you son of a bitch? (laughs) Okay. I got like a hundred voices for you. (laughs) And they're all from New York for some reason. (laughs) Which one of you fuckers is Raid? (laughs) I don't remember. I got a a list. You're Raid, Brian. I was Raid? Oh, Jesus. Which voice was that? It's Wasn't that on, the one that was on. always asking for a hug? Okay, I got him. Then. Don't hold on. Okay. I got it. I have a list. Let me find was it. Was it that, Matt? Was I that think the it voice? Was the, yeah, I think he was the one that was always asking Can for I a hug. Can I have a hug? Damn, Damn you. <laughs> Ever have that thing where after a moment passes, you think of something really fucking awesome to do? Because I just thought of re- something that would be really freaking cool to do when he pulls me in and says, hey, we're still in the simulation. I just thought of something that would be a really cool moment. But it's too late, man. Too late. Yeah. He kissed yeah. me instead. Thought faster. Now we're married. You say, How cool of a moment would it be, though, if I like hugged him back and was like, took you long enough? I mean, you are technically correct. Super glue was originally invented to seal wounds on yeah, the battlefield. but they're using the little tiny ones one at a time trying to get it <laughs> oh. to seal. <laughs> they're using the spray adhesive. <laughs> Super 77. That shit's good for everything. <laughs> <laughs> the sheets keep sticking to my hands. Damn it. Oh, who opened a pillow with feathers? Come on, guys. <laughs> Speaking of which, I do need to take a quick break. Okay. Just 30 seconds. One 1,000. Otherwise, he's going to pee Two his 1, pants. I already peed your pants. What? You peed your pants? No, I peed your pants. <gasps> well, now that he's gone, we can really get started here. Hey, Gabe, it's just us again. As is standard. Now that we've suddenly regained one and a half million listeners, because, you know, that, that always happens when it's just us here. We're always the only two that are actually dedicated to this show. I know. They just have to get... They, some people just can't handle their bladders. They're always like, oh, I'm going to not go to the bathroom for 10 hours before the show Someone starts. Someone was at my door. My doorbell gave me the alarm. It's just the mail person, though. Sounds like you're not dedicated. I'm not. Just let someone rob your house while you're doing oh, the show. Great. Can you clean while you're doing it? I heard the toilet flush. Uh-oh. That's recorded. Quick, everybody... <laughs> hide <laughs> that's recorded jeremy i know you're listening to this i expect to hear that toilet flush in the bloopers that's right you don't have to though no you have to he has to if i'm nice to him maybe let me win the show that's a game the show is a game welcome to the lovecraft tapes where the points are made up and they don't really matter husband his brother's husband brother husband brother we're from utah <laughs> i thought we were from alabama no he actually he actually came to and said that yeah honey are you okay I'm the other husband. <laughs> How many husbands does this guy got? Love, don't judge. We're from Utah. 
Don't worry about it. Lurch gives you a... That's the third husband. He doesn't talk much. <laughs> uh, do you stop for lunch anyplace? A diner, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed to go to a diner without me to harass yeah, people. we're not able to do that. I'd like to point out that I have such an influence on the lore of this world that this guy who never called him Lurch has began to call him Lurch. I actually, his name I originally had in the script was Rico. <laughs> I'm like, nope, it's no, Lurch. No, it's his, Lurch. Name is, his name is Lurch now. <laughs> Just sit in a silent room. Oh, I do that. But it's your room. It's not silent, no. though. You stop eating beans, you bastard. <laughs> and it's only $27. Mmm. Daddy like. $27. Hi, Mr. Button. <laughs>